0: Welcome to Becoming a Business, the podcast for anyone wanting to start, build or grow their business. Hello and welcome to the show this week. Thanks so much for joining us again here on Becoming a Business, the podcast for anyone who's looking to grow, build, start their business. You're in the right place. No matter how big your business is or how small it is, if you want to grow it, if you want to get it bigger, get it working better, then you are listening to the right podcast. So did you know that in business, just as in most walks of life, people don't actually want you to fix their problems? What they really want is for you to help them find a way to fix their own problems. They want you to show them how to shine. Now, I shared this in the Becoming a Business Facebook group this week. If you want to have a look at that, go on to Facebook, search for Becoming a Business or look at the show notes and I will add a link there. It's open to anyone who wants to join the group and wants to support other people, encourage people in business and share ideas, thoughts, tips, hints, anything at all. And yeah, so go and join it if you would like to. It would be great to have you there. You get to chat to me, chat to other people in the group. The more the merrier I say. Anyhow, I thought I would share that because it's so important and so many businesses get it wrong. So to give you an example, imagine, and this is literally like the worst example that could possibly happen, but imagine a wedding photographer. So the wedding photographer is working, they get a phone call from a bride and groom to be, they're engaged, they're so looking forward to their wedding day. So they approach the photographer and say, hi photographer, I would like some, well, we would like, get used to saying we, were going to get married, we would like some beautiful wedding photos from our wedding day. And the photographer says, absolutely. Here's how much it's going to cost, you're going to get a hundred photos, it's going to cost, I don't know, five grand, pay your deposit, all the rest. They arrange time, date, find out when the wedding's going to be, the couple get married and after the service. The photographer says, right, time for the photos. So out they come into the sunshine, beautiful setting, beautiful location. Then the photographer asks the bride to just step out of the photo a little bit. And she brings in a model in a beautiful wedding dress. The model stands there next to the groom. And the photographer goes, yep, got to change something else as well. Removes the groom from the picture as well. Groom comes out of the picture, is told to sit down, and she would get back to them later. Groom is replaced with another model. The photographer takes lots of photos. Eventually, the in laws get removed from the photograph. The parents of the bride get removed from the photograph, replaced with much better looking models. Obviously beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but in the eye of the photographers sorry, or rather in the photographers' eyes, these models were better looking. So here you have these beautiful photos, and at the end of the day, the bride says, I don't I don't get it. Why did you not take photographs of us? And the photographer says, You asked for beautiful weddings. Sorry, you asked for beautiful photographs on your wedding day. And that is what I've given you. You see, that's where the issue is. The photographer has done what the photographer thinks is the issue. So the bride and groom, they didn't really want just beautiful photographs of their wedding day. That was their problem. They didn't know how to take the photographs of their own wedding day. So they asked the photographer for beautiful photos of, on their wedding day. The photographer fixed their problem by providing beautiful photographs on their wedding day but the reality is is that the bride and groom didn't want that they wanted something that they could show their family and friends so that they could show their children later on that they could say look what an amazing day we had look how in love we were look how great that day was it was about them it was not about the photographer providing the best photographs of a wedding on that day It was about the photographer creating something that would allow the bride and groom to shine. And it's the same in any business. If you're mowing a lawn, if you're mowing lawn, I always come back to mowing lawns. I don't know why. I don't like doing it myself. But in my examples, I always seem to come back to this. So if you're mowing a lawn, you're not telling the lawn owner, that you will cut the lawn for them because you're better at cutting lawn than they are. You're not telling them that you're going to cut the lawn because they're too lazy to do it. You're not doing it so that you can shine as a business. The reason that you cut their lawn is so that they can be seen as a good homeowner, a good husband a or a good wife and a good a good all-round person a good neighbor someone who cares for the neighborhood you're doing something so that they can shine it's the same with marketing if you are trying to sell something to someone don't tell them that you are going to fix their problem tell them that you are providing a way in which they can fix their own problem and be seen to be this amazing, exceptional, incredible person that they are. That is how you will sell more products. That is how you have happier customers. That's how you are going to create a customer experience that is beyond compare for your customers. And that's also why you, as an individual, as a company, are fully equipped To be the best you that you can be, helping other people to be the best them that they can be. So our guest today is an incredible photographer, an incredible person, a very interesting person to speak to. She is great at marketing. She runs her own podcast called You is Alpha, which is actually an inspiration for this one. So without further ado, let's start our interview. With Elizabeth Halford from U is Alpha. So, welcome to the show. Um, it's great to have you here. And yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Yeah, so I started. I I am a professional creative. I'm a creative mm-hmm. professional, which takes a lot of different forms and looks a lot of different ways depending on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And as you'll discover in the course of this conversation, I do have a hard time uh, defining who and what I am. Uh, At times I'm a photographer. Sometimes I am a creative director. Sometimes I am a producer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I am uh, a gatherer of team and I manage that team. Uh, Sometimes I'm an account manager. So uh, yeah, I'm a lot of things.
0: So how, how did you get started? Like, yeah, how did you get started going into business for for yourself?
1: I was always, uh, I was always uh, ready for that from a very young age. I was, Mm. Selling lemonade or um, to save up to go to summer camp, or I was shaking my parents' friends down for quarters at church by selling them handmade things or whatever. I didn't really care too much what I was doing, I just really liked generating revenue. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, And so I I would have to say, you know, I started from a really young age, I understood that. Um, it cost money to run a business, and the business the money that's left over was profit, mm-hmm. and that could be used in a multi, multi, multiple different ways. Um, so I, I would just have to say I w- I have always had a lust for creating money uh, for myself and others, and um, so when I discovered photography. It wasn't too long before I found a way to to start making money with that mm. um, in various different ways, which led me on a path to uh, becoming a marketer and a teacher and a blogger and a speaker and uh, went from shooting stills to shooting video yeah. and developing a video production team and a lot of a lot of things.
0: Mm. So you started off as a photographer? Essentially like when you went into business?
1: Yeah. Well no I started off I started as a makeup artist actually. Okay. So I have to say any anyone Uh, so whenever I tell my story, Hmm. I like to, um, highlight this thing that we have, um, called survivorship bias. And that is that we look at, um, I think it's poorly named, but we look at people who have survived rising through the ranks of something that we want to do. Mm -hmm. And we look at the steps that they took to do it and we think if I take those steps I can arrive at the same destination what we don't look at is the graveyard of the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people who have never achieved the same goal you're trying to achieve we just look at um And the example I always use is Justin Bieber. Kids go, I can be discovered on YouTube like Justin Bieber. I will take the same steps. Justin Bieber check. I will be famous. Yeah. Um, Or any YouTuber that they're in love with. What they don't see Mm -hmm. is the hundreds of thousands of videos that are uploaded that no one ever looks at. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, simply put, if you really dive or really sink your teeth into the story of people you admire, almost all of them really just fell into it. Mm-hmm. I fell into everything that I have ever done. Um, okay. And really at the heart of it, it for me, it's been all about saying yes, mm. trying stuff out and being willing to jump off of that path. If it doesn't work for you, uh, yeah. which some people might call quitting, but I call it being agile. Um, so that that's important for me always to start mm. out with saying, just because these are the steps that I took or the ways that I fell into things does not mean it's going to work that way for, yeah. for you. Um, so what was the question?
0: <laughs> no, firstly, <laughs> firstly, that is superb advice. Really good. Um, okay. I've never heard of survivorship bias. Um, i going to be honest. And it is a great point to make. Cause I do, I do completely agree. So many people are like, yeah, if they did it this way. I'll do the same thing. It'll work.
1: Mm-hmm. and then
0: it doesn't and then they feel like a failure because it hasn't worked for them so therefore it must be their fault and then they quit and they feel bad and then they give up on their dreams and stuff so
1: yes i think university anyways. is probably one of the biggest scams um mm-hmm. that perpetuates this because it's like yeah. get a degree in this thing and then now you can do this thing yeah um take this step and and it will come to you and um no one i mean just really no one i can think of who i admire um is doing the thing that they went to school for yeah they're still paying for it with um, mm. student loans yeah <laughs> the thing they ended up doing was not related to that degree at all yeah um,
0: absolutely it's yeah. why i tell my children that i have no expectation of them going to university if they don't want to um mm-hmm if I, I mean my eldest she wants at the moment at least she's saying she wants to be a doctor i'm going to be honest i like my doctors to have gone to university
1: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. helpful. but
0: um <laughs> but i don't want them going to university just to go to university to get a degree because they might as well just start early avoid all that debt and do something that they really love doing yes um, yes
1: well you can so, spend 4 years rising through the ranks mm-hmm. of a company and end up much further along than going to to college and still ending up yeah. in an entry level position or an internship mm. that doesn't pay my oldest being in high school. Now I can see how the marketing machine works yeah. he's being uh, pressured into taking AP classes, which are like college level courses to mm. prepare you for college. And he comes home very stressed and anxious about college and he's only a freshman. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I feel like it's a scam.
0: Is this freshman like the first year of high school, high school. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so next year he'll be a sophomore.
0: Okay. And what's after that? Is after that a senior?
1: Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. 9,
0: okay. 10, 11, 12. Cool. I, I've never answered that in movies. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a sophomore. But okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs>
1: uh, and, yeah, being a freshman is like fresh, you know, you fresh meat. Yeah. Um, lot, lots of. yeah you're at the bottom of the pile for Mm. sure and then seniors get you know privileges like a senior break room that only the seniors can get into Mm. and uh like a shortened school day and they get their own parking spot which they can paint and stuff like that wow wow it's very it's very tv it's it's very much like a tv show over here wow the school system nice cool anyway
0: anyhow um yeah sorry slight sidetrack there but hey it's good yeah so how did you get into
1: yeah I so i started
0: lemonades and stuff it was lemonades lemonade
1: mm-hmm.
0: um where did you start you started as a makeup artist i think that's where we got. yeah to.
1: so as a creative i started as a makeup artist i was um i, I think this really speaks to the power of just people noticing um other people's Mm -hmm. uh not even their talents but like their potential and just like dragging them along with them so um our church that i grew up in um Mm -hmm. was kind of sold off to another guy and he wanted to make it like glamorous tv church so we had all of these uh tv cameras Mm -hmm. and a whole like editing suite and a tv production team and um our our church was on TV every week. And so he basically said to me, you are going to be my makeup artist. I'm bringing in a makeup artist to train you tonight. And I was like, well, okay. Um, I, had, I have no idea where that came from or how I got nominated to do that. Um, I wasn't volunteering in that department or anything. Yeah. But I was like, that sounds interesting. So this um, celebrity makeup artist came in and taught me how to do uh, his makeup with Mm -hmm. the kit that um, she put together and I started doing his makeup and then I became like her protege Mm. for a period of time. And so I was training as a makeup artist and uh, I would do like her foundation work. So when we'd go to a shoot, I would do all the models, like I would do all their foundation and powder and then move on to her for the actual like color and everything. Um, And then I, we moved to England and I started working in um, a now defunct business in the Southampton city center, which was called double take studios. Mm-hmm. And it was a place where people would go for a quote unquote free photo shoot um, only to then be trapped in a room with a very hard sale, sale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. spending a thousand dollars on their photos. Yeah. Um, but I was on the makeup team there. So there were mm-hmm. like 20, a row of like 20 makeup chairs and i was there doing makeup but i was always had one eye on the photographer and i discovered that i had a desire to do that mm. and so a friend of ours was selling his camera like a th- a canon 350d um and i bought it and i started taking pictures of my kids and then i took pictures of my friends kids and yeah. people started asking if they could if i could do it and so I found a way to set pricing and I mm-hmm. started a photo studio that I set up in a nightclub during the day. So I would bring an entire studio kit worth of backgrounds, like four lights mm-hmm. set up. I would set up the studio. People would come in for like $50 photo shoots. Um, and then I discovered blogging and I was yeah. part of the first crew of photography bloggers who Hmm. would sell their knowledge on the internet and now it is the online class industry the online course thing is um massive
0: massive absolutely
1: but at the time no one was doing it I was like Hmm. part of like 10 photographers on the internet yeah. And uh, I got hired to write for a photography education storehouse called uh, digitalphotographyschool.com, DPS. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what being a blogger was, but all of a sudden I was a professional blogger and they were paying me really good money nice. uh, to write these blog posts. And I started getting like 30,000 hits to my own website every time I published a post over on their website. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I have nothing for them to see when they land on my site. So I need to start creating this thing called content for myself. Yeah. So I started writing for them as a way to generate traffic over to my blog mm. where I was writing. So I was just full-time waking up in the morning and, 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 and creating content. And at the time, the bar for like the standard for content was extremely low because there yeah. was none. So mm. I would just I was just writing tutorials about what this button on your camera means, what the numbers on your lens means, um, how to focus, how to manually focus, what mm. what about camera sensors? And still, when you Google these questions, the things that I wrote are still near the top wow. search results because they were on this massive, massive storehouse of information. DPS. Mm. Um. And you know, I I wrote to this day, still their most viral piece of content is a is a post that I wrote, Um, and it's had like 170 thousand shares so far. Wow, um, which is a lot for one blog post. So, yeah. So now I was a content producer, Mm. and I hired a startup video team to create a documentary film which I called shooting my kids, which now oh, brilliant. is ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and it was how one mama razza photographs her own kids. Yeah. Um, And which is like the female, like being a paparazzi, but being a mama is like a mom <laughs> who always has her camera on her. Nice. So uh,
0: mamarazzi. I love it.
1: Yeah. So it was like a one hour video and it was like, here's how you use a reflector. Here's how you hold your camera. Mm -hmm. Here's all of my lenses and what they do. And here is three different kinds of cameras. And, Mm. um, I sold, so I paid for this E blast, um, through another storehouse for photographers who was creating content for like mom tog mom togs like me. Yeah. And I paid like a hundred bucks to piggyback off of their audience and have a, like, buy this email sent Mm. to everybody. And this was before, even before like spam filters were very good. So I woke up in the morning with like a $13,000 in my bank account in my PayPal, um, it exploded and people were paying $99 to watch this video because there was just nothing. Mm. Um, And so now I was, now I was doing that and I was getting invite invites to speak. And, uh, I was, uh, I potentially had a book deal with a publisher in London
0: Mm. and
1: just like all, and then people were writing about me in their books, um, and like, um, profiling my business and Mm. it just exploded and it all happened because again, somebody noticed me yeah. A friend of mine in um was moving from Norway to England with his family mm-hmm. and he said you have a good eye. Um I'm going to start a photo studio and you will be one of the photographers. Yeah. So it was kind of like the makeup artist thing like hmm. you're going to do this thing. You're going to be great. And I was like what does it mean? I didn't even know what he meant when I said when he said you have a good eye. I was like what does that mean? Um yeah. And so I was just like, okay. And he showed me how to use the studio lights and I bought my own. Mm -hmm. And um, then I ended up working with him in his, in his video production company because I grew my business like this. Mm. I approached him and his business partner. And I said, I think I can grow. I think, you know, like, I really want to work in your video production company. Yeah. And um, I, and I joined them and all of a sudden, now I was a video producer, working with CEOs of global corporates, and um, being given a lot of responsibility and a lot of a lot of trust mm. in in my ideas, and um, that completely like propelled me into a, a whole other arena. Yeah.
0: Nice. So, in essence, it was. <sighs> there was a bit of people obviously there was lots of it being people noticing you but also i guess you having the courage to take those opportunities when they came up
1: yes um i'm american as you can tell yeah. <laughs> and um i just believe i can do anything i was nice. really never told no as like i was homeschooled as a child um my love for learning was like never stamped out, um, by the school system, Mm. um, which I have seen happen to one of my children, but not the other, which is a testament to the fact that homeschooling is not for everyone. Um, it was for me for sure. Mm. And it is for one of my kids, but not the others. Um, so for me, homeschooling was just like, I could do all of my school for the whole week in one night and then go get a job and experience Mm. life and try everything. And, um, yeah, I was just allowed to experiment and, 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 and still, I just have this feeling that I just think I can do anything, which is a a blessing. And, and at times, um, not so helpful because I try to do too many things. I, I have no off switch. Mm. Um, so yes. In part, it is other people taking me under their wing. it is which is why I think in um apprenticeships are so powerful mm-hmm. and um people being willing to impart in me things um, yeah. with no promise of necessarily promise of gain for themselves mm-hmm. and so um I try as hard as I can to pay attention to kids, you know, who have a flair for stuff Mm. because that's, you know, that's important. So there was that, it was saying yes to stuff. It was just being open. I am just open to the universe, bringing me whatever, whatever. And I also have no problem saying no to things that I don't think will serve me well. Yeah. Um, but it was a long road to discovering what it felt like when an opportunity, you know, wasn't going to be the right thing. Mm. And I had to discover that by trying stuff out and yeah. getting burnt out, or um, it just not being the right thing. Mm.
0: So how how do you like how if you had to tell someone how to identify things that would not be right for them?
1: Mm-hmm. What would you say? Well, first you have to try a lot of stuff before you know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, It cannot be a fear response. Mm -hmm. So I'm afraid this is not, I'm afraid this is going to be a huge waste of money is not, um, I don't think a valid no for me. Mm -hmm. A valid no for me is the last time I invested in an opportunity like this. it did not pay like, like running magazine ads. Yeah. Running print ads, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the huge thing in the UK. I don't think it's huge here. Um, but like local magazines who Mm. will charge you like 1200 bucks to, you know, buy a cover or whatever. Um, that is not, that is not a good idea (laughs) Mm. (laughs) for, that was not a good idea for me, for my type of business. Um, no one clicks on a magazine ad, no. Um, they just throw it in the garbage. So I had to experience that before I discovered that that was not the right kind of advertising for my business. And, but of course I also, then I was able to turn that into a piece of content. <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. Uh, here's why that doesn't work. So it wasn't a total loss, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I think knowing the things that are not going to serve you well are going to be based on experience. Mm-hmm. They are going to be based on um, a gut instinct, Mm. but I would say be wary of it being a fear thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, And how do you have clients that are the same? Do you have to say no to certain clients because you know it's not going to work or, and how do you discover that?
1: Um, Yes, I have. So, um, so uh, yeah, getting hired for work, um, sometimes it, it's still it's still an issue because you don't know a client is going to be a difficult one until mm-hmm. after, you know, you don't always know until after yeah. you've engaged them or allowed them to engage you. And so um, you just, yeah, you do have to learn uh, what those kind of people look like before they're coming. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of founders, people who have this like founder's complex. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who are very successful sometimes are some of the most difficult. Um, uh, So I have a lot of I have a lot of processes in place in my business um, that protect me from things that I've experienced in the past. So having a um, as an, uh, a statement of work ahead of time. Like, this is what I'm going to do for you. This yeah. is how it's going to work. This is what's going to happen. If you don't, uh, deliver me your copy in time, this is what's going mm. to happen, you know? So, uh, managing expectations and being very clear and pr- build kind of baking into all of that, um, things that you can fall back on. Yeah. if You need to. So I have a client right now who I'm building a website for them mm-hmm. and um, like a just, just a little e-commerce platform for a local business. Yeah. And they are finding it very difficult to get information to me, which they should have about their business. But yeah. They just don't. And um, so I had, to, you know, it's been months of going back and forth. And so finally I wrote to them and said, okay, we're going to create some dates and deadlines here. Mm. This is the date that I'm going to invoice you for the end of this website. And so these yes. are the dates that you can get me this information by if you want your website to be complete by that point. Yep. Um, and, you know, I just, I just have to believe that they hired me because I was the expert to do that thing. Mm. And sometimes saying no, you know, saying no to – to taking them on in the first place is harder to, for me because you don't always know. And at the beginning of a project, or when there's the promise of a payday, mm. you'll take something on that maybe later on wasn't so worth it. Yeah. So for me, also, it's it's quoting prices that I'm happy to deal with hassle to mm. to generate that amount of money. You know. Yeah. Um. So I'm not cheap, no. and. I firmly believe that you can uh, pick two out of fast, cheap, and good. You yeah. can pick two of those things. And so um, I'm a bit of a brat with my clients sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I have no problem saying to them, you hired me because I know about this and you don't.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: or that's not the best idea. Let, what else can mm-hmm. we do to solve that problem or whatever. And I have quotes upon quotes upon quotes from clients who later on said, I'm so happy you challenged me or I'm so happy that the final result was, you know, what it was. And I, I can see that it's because you told me no. Mm. Um, and so I just have to, you know, dig my heels in sometimes for the greater good of the project, Mm. you know,
0: no, that's cool. That's
1: very and cool. And in the creative world, a lot of clients will come to you with the idea of what they want made. Yeah. And I'll have to go, okay, cool. Let's, let's like go way back <laughs> to before that idea and tell me the yeah. problem that you're having. Mm. If the problem that you're having, you know, uh, let's, let's just go back to that and mm. then we'll discover what the possible solutions are. And, and perhaps your idea will be one of the solutions on the table at that point. Um, yeah.
0: So no, that's, that's a very good point, actually. That's that's what I find myself doing with a lot of my customers. They come to me and they go, um, "So I want to do, I want to do some social media." And I'm like, "Okay, what about?" And they're like, "Don't know." <laughs> yeah. Or they'll have ideas, and you go, "So what is your company about?" And they go, "Uh, uh I'm not really sure what we're about." And so I go, "No, <laughs> right." Let's go right back to the start. Let's find out who you are, what you're about. Then yeah, and work on social media. Then we can work on what your content's going to be. Yeah, if you don't know who you are, what you actually want. So no, that's a good point.
1: Which just to like throw some encouragement out there for mm. you or your, you know, the people who are listening. You, yeah. I'm, I'm no doubt you know this, but when you work with massive global corporates who are like everyday brands that you see every single day. Um, they have the same problems. Yeah. They don't know who they are either. And they go through CEO after CEO yeah. because like no one knows what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, so that is not unique. It's just more, there's more at stake when you're tiny. Um, yeah. but these big companies, they don't know what the hell is going on either. <laughs> and, they, and they argue about, you know the tiniest things or what yeah you know what who they're serving what they're serving why it's important Mm. they don't know that stuff either so don't be too hard on yourself if you're on that journey
0: (laughs) absolutely absolutely right um cool so what are the biggest challenges you've had to face in your journey to being where you are and what you're like getting to this point
1: yeah uh myself getting out of my own way. Um, I definitely have a problem, um, with focus. I, um, there's this whole thing about like, it's very glamorized to finish what you started. But Mm. the fact is, especially when you work within a creative team, there is the ability to be a starter and not have to finish stuff. Or, um, you know, you, you know, if you're, you're, you know, some people are closers, some people are, you know, lead generators. Um, you don't have to start, be the be all and end all Mm -hmm. of a deal. However, when you're self-employed, um, and you don't have the money yet to build that team, you, you do have to see things through to the end. So, uh, my biggest problem has been recognizing and being okay with, noticing that I am a starter Mm -hmm. and I get distracted and I get very excited at the start. Um, really when it comes down to it, I'm probably a salesperson. I'm really good at selling an idea. I'm really good at getting people on board with an idea. And then, um, I, I really like to influence people to my way of thinking Mm -hmm. and then, um, kind of like peace out, have fun making that thing. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, seeing stuff through to the end is, a uh, is difficult for me. Hmm. So, you know, I started a podcast and I'm had a lot of fun and yeah. <laughs> then now I'm like, cool. I built the audience for this thing. I built like all of this stuff. Now I have listeners waiting to hear more, but I'm like bored, you know, yeah. I started it. I proved the concept. I feel like, oh, that was fun. Um, Now, now what shiny thing is going to distract me next? Um, so that my biggest challenge is me getting, being in my own way. Um, and really my ability to start stuff is, is, um, kind of like, it's an asset. It's powerful because I'm very technologically advanced. Um, I have no problem when I'm really into something, I will stay up all day and night building that thing you know I will build a website in a whole weekend Mm -hmm. from end to end and with the imagery and everything um yeah and then by that point most people are still only just sleeping on it yeah sleeping on the idea I've already built it yeah published it Mm -hmm. started building an audience for it and then I'm like meh No, I don't know if I'm so into this.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes. um, I know that.
1: I'm impetuous. I, you know, I'm very, um, yeah, I jump into things and Mm. very quickly. And I know that about myself. And so um, I am able to... So I have another idea for a, a podcast. I actually think mm-hmm. it's incredible. People are actually really, it's a niche that no one's doing. And yeah. uh, it's, but I'm like, okay, just sit on that. I have all these notes with episode ideas mm-hmm. and and there's a ready-made audience just sitting there waiting for this kind of a thing. And, um, uh, but I know myself and I know I'll start it.
0: Yeah.
1: And just because you you could doesn't mean you should, Mm. you know, that's something I've had to learn Yeah, for sure. Just because I can does not mean I should.
0: Cool. Um, I'm aware that you have to go in a minute.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so firstly, I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. It's been super like so good and so very useful loads of stuff. Um, my pleasure. Um, Last thing, if people want to find out about what you're doing or how to get in touch with you or how to follow you on social media, all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, where should they go? What should they do?
1: Well, uh, one of my businesses is a photography business for – it's kind of what you'd consider just very traditional mainstream wedding Mm -hmm. and portrait photography, and that's Gracie May Photography. So it's Gracie, G-R-A-C-I-E. Mm -hmm. may may graciemayphotography.com uh there's an associated instagram of course yeah and facebook page and then i also have a business supporting personal brands Mm -hmm. and that has a podcast and that has a blog and an audience of its own and that's called you is alpha Mm -hmm. the show is called how to be alpha and so that's you is alpha.com a L P H A. Yeah. And uh, that's that. Uh, my, my portfolio as a creative with my video work and uh, my resume and all that stuff is ElizabethHalford.com. And then I have, you know, my passion project, which is uh, writing in the special needs parenting space. Yeah. And that is uh, my daughter has a, a condition called Rett syndrome, R E T T. So that's grace for Rhett.com, and that's for the special needs community. Um, and yeah, I've just rebranded that. She had a long stint in the hospital. So I spent a lot yeah. of time rebranding her presence and working on her, working on her personal brand. Yeah. Uh, she's 10 years old. She has no idea she has a brand, but she does, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, those are the various places people can find me.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure talking to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: It's time for this week's question of the week. So, this week's question comes from Rebecca Kiskala. And I apologize if I've said that wrong, but she's from Unity Dance Center helping people dance and do dance related stuff but particularly within a church setting so now she has asked what do you do when you're burnt out overwhelmed and feeling stuck i think this is something that we all experience at different times it's easy to get that way so the first thing i would say is don't beat yourself up Many of us work two jobs. We have other commitments. You could be a family. You might have a family. You have a partner maybe. You're involved at church or in youth groups or running scouts or any other number of commitments. So it's absolutely normal to feel this way. It is not a reflection on your character or on your resolve. It is normal to feel burnt out, overwhelmed and stuck at times. So with that in mind... When you feel that way, do something different. Go outside, maybe get out in the sunshine for a bit. Sunshine has been shown to lower blood pressure and make you feel less stressed. Do something different, maybe go to the gym. If you're into exercise, go to the gym. Moving has also been shown to reduce stress levels and release endorphins, which in turn help your creativity, they help your imagination, they help you... Achieve more. So by doing some exercise, it'll actually not only take your mind off things, it'll also allow your mind to refresh itself and work better. Alternatively, talk to someone else, Get in, do something different, talking to someone about a different project, a different product, and come back to it the next day with fresh eyes. Often all you need is fresh eyes to see the problem and to help you get past that being stuck, that place of being stuck. And finally, number three, I would suggest find another perspective. Speak to your spouse. If it's a problem that you just can't get your head around, you can't work out how to fix this problem, speak to other people. Speak to your spouse, find a friend or hire a coach or consultant if that's something you can afford to do or you want to do. Often this is the best way of really getting to the next level in your work is by hiring someone who can challenge you keep you accountable and also give you ideas about how to overcome whatever problem you're facing see sometimes we're just too close to the project to actually see the solution as they say here in the uk i don't know if you say it elsewhere but here in the uk we say you can't see the wood for the trees so we're so close to the trees that all we can see are trees, trees, trees. Not the actual beauty of the overall wood or forest. I hope this is helpful. Let me know in the comments. Do like, subscribe, rate, all those things for this podcast on iTunes because that really helps us, it helps the podcast be seen by other people. Also, go and join our Becoming a Business Facebook group. It's free to join. It's open to anyone. Just come along, get some encouragement, get some support, get some help if you've got a problem. Come along, join the group. Go to becomingabusiness.com forward slash Facebook group and that should take you straight to the group where you can join. And finally, that's it. I look forward to speaking to you next week. If you want to leave a question for me that you want answered in this question of the week, head over to the group or leave a comment on our Facebook page or on becomingyourbusiness.com under this episode, which will be episode four. So look forward to speaking to you. See you soon. Have a great week. Go and achieve something extraordinary. See you later.